Hello and welcome to the Security Ledger Podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief at the Security Ledger. In this episode of the podcast number 225. We believe that we are not the only one who researched Cosmos DB. It's the crown jewel of vulnerabilities. You can't ask any better than this, than uh, access the database. Whenever a hacker uh, actually targets an organization, their, uh, their final destination is the database. The flight to the cloud is one of the most salient technology trends of the last decade. With each passing month, more and more organizations are swapping out on-premises hardware, software, and applications for their cloud-based alternatives. G Suite or Office 365 are replacing Microsoft Office. Solutions like Workday and Salesforce are replacing on-premises products by SAP and Oracle and on and on. But there are security trade-offs that go along with cloud migration, and the past week made that abundantly clear. After Microsoft and security researchers from the firm Wiz revealed a critical flaw in Cosmos DB, the flagship database for Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. According to the researchers from Wiz, the flaw, which the company dubbed Chaos DB, opened thousands of Microsoft Azure customers to a trivial remote compromise that could have provided attackers with full administrative access to other customers' Cosmos DB instances without requiring any authorization. The vulnerability impacts thousands of organizations, including numerous Fortune 500 companies, Wiz reported. In this episode of the podcast, we're joined by one of the researchers who discovered the Chaos DB flaw. Nier Ofeld is a senior security researcher at Wiz. In this conversation, he and I discussed the flaw that his company discovered and why it's so dangerous for organizations that use that database on the Azure platform. We also talk about the larger issue of cloud security and how organizations that are migrating to cloud platforms like Cosmos DB might unwittingly expose themselves to remote attack via undisclosed vulnerabilities in cloud applications. I started by asking Nir to tell us a little bit about Wiz and the work that that company does to secure cloud environments. I'm Nir Ochfeld. I'm a senior security researcher here at Wiz.io. Nir, for our listeners who might not know Wiz, tell us a little bit about what Wiz does. Uh, Wiz is a cloud security uh, company uh, which helps you to uncover the cloud security vulnerabilities and uh, exposure in the, that you have in your cloud environments. Wiz published some pretty eye-popping research on a big security finding in Microsoft's Cosmos DB database feature, which is a feature of its Azure cloud um, ecosystem environment. Tell us, if you could, a little bit about the vulnerability you discovered and how you got to start looking at this Cosmos uh, database. Uh, first of all, uh, every network hacking operation the goal is the database. Eventually, uh, every hacking event you hear about in the news involves some kind of data leak, rans- uh, ransom, intelligence, with all of that is, resides inside the database. Uh, we've seen that uh, Cosmos DB is very popular among uh, with customers. And uh, our original goal was actually to find some uh, common misconfiguration. So we'll be able to show that in the product. But, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, here we are today. Um, Maybe explain a little bit about what Cosmos is. I mean, obviously, people are familiar with enterprise databases, you know, SQL Server, Oracle, and so on. Um, Is Cosmos a totally new database platform, or is it just a kind of cloud instantiation of existing database technology? 
So uh, yeah, just uh, a regular, uh, the regular cloud uh, instantiation technology of uh, databases. Uh, it's like the go-to database solution for Azure customers. So with uh, Azure customers use Cosmos DB for ho uh, holding everything that you would uh, use for uh, your standard da databases. That's why it's such a high value target because uh, eventually it's a database that customers don't have, don't actually possess. It's um, someone else's computer. Microsoft in this in this example. Talk a little bit about what what the flaw you discovered uh, allowed you to do, because um, the list of companies that use this is is pretty astounding. Um, you know, uh, Walgreens. I mean, there were a, a number of Fortune 500 companies that were on this platform. Tell us just a little bit about what you were able to do. So our vulnerability uh, gave us the cap capability to fully take over on uh, on of customers uh, or thousands of customers uh, Cosmos database uh, Cosmos databases, and uh, it, this means this means we could read, write, delete any data we wanted from the targets uh, Cosmos DB instance, uh, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, that's kind of the that's the crown jewels of any uh, database hacker. I'm guessing is to have that level of access, read, write, delete. Um, obviously, be able to download or exfiltrate data. And how many Cosmos DB customers were affected by this, to the best of your knowledge? Thousands. That's the number we we know we know of. During our uh, research, we cross-referenced some of the data we saw with uh, from our unique telemetry and uh, saw some uh, very big names. It was, uh, we couldn't believe our eyes when we, when we saw it. Of the, the, this customer that we saw, we saw that were affected by this vulnerability. And one of the really interesting things here is this vulnerability that you discovered um, really allowed you to do something that I think most enterprises who are investing heavily in cloud think should not be possible, which is to move from one customer instance um, of a, a platform, in this case Cosmos, to another customer's instance and get access to their data and sensitive information. But you were able to do that. It was via this feature in Cosmos DB called the Notebook. Um, could you just explain what is the Notebook's purpose and how exactly was it that this feature became a bridge between different customer implementations of Cosmos. First of all, I want to emphasize the point you raised that uh, cloud isolation is like the the base premise of uh, of the of the old cl uh, of, of cloud vendors. Uh, it's essentially like a shared hosting, but uh, you are guaranteed that no one can access your data. But uh, what uh, made the the Jupyter Notebook feature the, the weak point of all of this is that the Jupyter Notebook unlike any other uh, uh, features of Cosmos, doesn't reside inside the user's cloud environment itself. It resides in something called Azure's public cloud, uh, which uh, in that case, uh, uh, cloud resources resides in the same environment. So all of the uh, isolation assumptions that customers have doesn't uh, exist there. It's like a, a, one, a one big account for many, many customers. And what was its purpose? I mean, it, it looked mostly like it was about kind of visualizing data, almost like kind of an, a, a statista type service. Is is that basically what the Jupyter Notebook was about? Uh, exactly. It was like an easier a easier way for customers to interact with their with their data. So this ended up being a kind of you, you what you discovered seemed to be first of all the ability to move between 
customer instances. Have have you detailed yet? Has Wiz detailed yet how it was able to do that? Uh, no, uh, due to my, Microsoft request, we are holding back for uh, some of the technical details we, on on how we actually did it in practice. Uh, we released a high level summary of uh, our actions, but uh, like the little de- details that actually allowed us to do what we did are uh, still uh, not disclosed with the public due to the due to Microsoft request. Well, I mean, Sir, Security Ledger Podcast would be a great platform on which for you to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally bring those details out into the public light. <laughs> I agree. Microsoft be damned. Who cares about what are they, Microsoft? What are they going to do? <laughs> um, uh, was it, let me ask you this. <clears throat> did the, did the actual privilege escalation piece of it require any kind of um, custom coding or um, exploitation or misapplication of, of the Cosmos DB or, or the um, Jupyter Notebook code, or was it really just a manipulation of existing features, kind of staying within the you know normal application of the or normal normal use of the feature? Uh, first of all, I want to emphasize that the privilege escalation part of the vulnerability, or, or actually the only vulnerability itself, is extremely trivial to to exploit, which uh, raises the the severity of this entire case. Right. So uh, the privilege escalation part was very. Uh, St- straightforward, uh, f- uh, less than ten lines of code. Mm-hmm. Let's say it. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so so the f- so the first part of the hack was was elevating your privileges within within your container. So you create a Cosmos DB instance. It uses the Jupyter Notebook because that's enabled by default. And then within that, you first elevate your own privileges. Is that right? Yeah. And and that that was a that was just an underlying vulnerability in the Cosmos DB that allowed you to do that privilege escalation, right? Yeah, it's a one step, uh, one misconfiguration on uh, on the way. Okay, and and then and then the second part of this was moving out of your container and into another organization's container, right? Exactly, because both container co- containers were inside Azure's public cloud. That big account that holds many co- company, uh, many customers together, and that without proper proper isolation. Did that require any additional coding? No, no, not really. Not, uh, <laughs> okay. no, no, it's not like uh, the standard exploit that yeah. you imagine yeah. that uh, re- requires the hours of debugging and uh, yeah. tinkering with offsets. Nothing like that. Is this like yeah. a is this like a business logic flaw? Is that type of thing? Uh, you can you can say so. Yeah, that, that's uh, actually the point. And once you were kind of popped out of your container, can you actually see all of the other containers? In other words, are you able to then look across and say, oh, here are all the Cosmo DB, you know, kind of instances and 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 move like that? Or or do you have to do a little bit of guesswork as to how to move from one instance to another? Uh, we could actually see the containers uh, uh, around us. <laughs> You, you can say so, but actually moving from one container to another required some additional steps. Um, Nir, just give us a timeline here. The Jupyter Notebook feature first appeared in um, uh, in 2019, but in February 2021, it became default for all new instances of Cosmos DB. Is that correct? For the first uh, three days, regardless if you opt in for that option or not, your Jupyter, uh, no, uh, your Cosmos DB instance had Jupyter Notebook enabled, uh, which means which means that in that time frame you were exposed to this uh, kind of attack. 
And as you said, somebody could get in, exfiltrate the the keys and basically have persistent access, even if you never use that Jupyter Notebook feature. Exactly. And and how old is the Jupyter Notebook feature itself? How far back does that go? Do we know? I think around 2019. And and in theory, this flaw has been there since the beginning. Yeah, we we can't actually say, but uh, we uh, we assume that it was uh, always there. So th- so there were, I think there were like three thousand companies that Microsoft notified about this. Um, but but your feeling is the actual potential victim population could be much larger than that. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Microsoft only notified uh, customers that had Jupyter Notebook enabled during our research period, which was less than a week. And uh, but we feel that uh, because of the this kind of vulnerability, that uh, it might be might be might be been exploited previously prior to our engagement with Microsoft, and uh, we recommend all customers to regenerate their keys as a precaution. Mm-hmm. And is that a complicated process for companies that are using Cosmos DB to uh, regenerate keys and and um, kind of retool that way? Yeah, because uh, they have uh, companies naturally have many many endpoints using the same uh, Cosmos DB instance, and uh, now they need to to go through every code base that uses that Cosmos DB and replace the key, and uh, that can be a troublesome. Uh, procedure and uh, also uh, may cause some downtime because in that, in that time frame, you, the, you don't have connection to your database because you need to change their keys. And you mentioned that you started looking at Cosmos DB because so many of your customers, so many Wiz customers relied on it. I guess we can assume that other sophisticated adversaries out there also noted that it was a popular platform and perhaps also went looking for potential uh, flaws or vulnerabilities in, in the Cosmos DB platform. Is that, is, would, that, would that be a safe assumption? Yeah, of course. It's the, like the crown, ju- crown jewel of vulnerabilities. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, uh, you can't ask any better than this, than uh, access the database. Whenever a hacker uh, actually targets an organization, their, uh, their final destination is the database. Even if they go through like the, the web application or some virtual machines or like uh, somehow manage to get an, an account of some uh, employee in the organization, eventually where they want to go to is the database. So uh, yeah, of course, uh, as any malicious actor would like to have a vulnerability in the, that service. So we believe that we are not the only one who researched Cosmos DB. Let's talk about Microsoft's response. You, you, you inform, when did you first inform the company and, and what was their response? We reported the, reported the vulnerability on August 12th. Uh, we sent the advisory to Microsoft. Uh, and the uh, 40 out, 48 hours later, the vulnerability, we noticed that the vulnerable feature has been disabled which is extremely fast response time and a very unusual action taken by Microsoft. And from our perspective, a very responsible one. They said, like, we don't have time to figure out if we can fix it or not. Just disable it and we'll take it, take care of it later. Okay, so they disabled the feature. And what is coming, assuming there will be some kind of a patch or fix for the feature coming down the road? So yeah, we asked Microsoft when they uh, expect to, the feature to be like re-released, and they they still don't know. Uh, they're working on a fix, and uh, uh, and they don't have like an uh, ETA on when uh, when the Jupyter Notebook feature will be re-enabled. 
But if you're a Cosmos DB customer, period, like you certainly going back to the introduction of this feature, as you said, maybe as, as early as 2019, you should at least be considering that you may have been compromised as a result of this. What would you advise Cosmos DB customers to do to try and figure out if they may have been attacked using this vulnerability? So due to the nature of the cloud, it's very hard to, to actually know if your uh, database uh, has been unauthorized access like two years ago. You see someone connecting to your uh, database at 4 p.m. from some kind of IP from one year ago. It's, unless your database connections always come from the same IP, it's very, it's very hard to know whether it's a suspicious activity or not. Are there patterns of activity that might be associated with uh, somebody leveraging this attack, either privilege escalation piece of it, or are there, are there any kind of red flags or telltale signs that they, that they might look for with that? If uh, your Cosmos DB serves some kind of application that always runs the same kind of set of queries, and uh, and you enable log query uh, query log on your uh, Cosmos DB instance, so you might can you might able to like aggregate all your all of your queries. And see if they're like that one that doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, the outlier. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like the maybe some kind of a solution, but a sophisticated attacker can actually try to replicate the application's activity and mm-hmm. hide the between the lines inside mm-hmm. the database. Mm. This raises a lot of really interesting questions and problems about you know, the challenges that companies face as they move to platforms like Cosmos DB and Azure. For one, you know, the vulnerability came by way of this feature, this kind of notebook feature that sounds like a cool feature, but that was enabled by default um, that, you know, maybe customers didn't fully appreciate. And even if they did appreciate it, definitely didn't like red team it or pen test it to figure out if it was something that they wanted to have enabled or that posed a security risk. This is a big problem with cloud because you you get these kind of packages of features and and capabilities, some of which may pose real risks, but but you don't you can't really sort it all out as the as the downstream like uh, consumer of these cloud services. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as a general rule of thumb, uh, the more feature you you add to your uh, application, the more uh, attack surface that it has, and uh, the more vulner- more vulnerabilities. The million dollar question here is how did Microsoft miss this? Because, you know, I think one of the big arguments in favor of moving to a platform like Azure, whether it's, um, you know, Azure AD or or what have you, or Office 365, any of these services is, well, Microsoft does security a lot better than our company does. And they can, they can you know, pour resources into just monitoring this environment in a way that, you know, we as a standalone company can't. And so the security will get better. But, and... These cloud platforms also be, have a big bullseye on them because of so many companies are, are using them. Do you have any sense how they overlooked this feature or how this got into production when seemingly it posed such a trivial risk to these very high value customers and data? Uh, yeah, in, in such big companies, a lot of moving parts, uh, naturally, and it's hard to keep track of all of them. And uh, regarding like red teams in Microsoft, like uh, like trying to find vulnerabilities uh, in the product itself, it's like a needle in a haystack. Uh, it, it takes time, and uh, the the red team might be looking at some other feature and finding some kind of vulnerability. 
But and uh, uh, while we look at another feature which has a more severe vulnerability, it's the uh, in, uh, the attack surface in cloud platforms is huge. It's uh, it, 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 it's uncomprehensible. Uncom- yeah, you're right. We don't know about all the stuff they find and never tell us about, right? It just kind of gets fixed behind the scenes. But and that's a different problem that uh, cloud vulnerabilities don't have any tracking system at all. Unlike regular vulnerabilities, which have the CVE system, uh, cl- cloud vulnerabilities, don't, don't ha- you don't have a way to discuss cloud vulnerabilities unless they have a name like ChaosDB. And you don't have, <laughs> it's very hard to tell uh, which vulnerabilities in the cloud actually affect your, your environment. Uh, this is why uh, we have a, niche, a new initiative in WIZ called the Cloud CVEs to normalize cloud vulnerabilities uh, the same way CVE did. Uh, for uh, no, normal vulnerabilities years ago. Uh, like uh, AWS, Azure, GCP brought the, the the cloud revolution. It's time for the cloud security revolution to have some standard uh, tracking system. You should be talking to NIST about that. Yeah, uh, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> so um, final question, I guess, what is your advice to customers out there who are on the Cosmos DB platform, even if they weren't contacted by Microsoft, what should they do? We highly recommend rotating your keys. We can't even understand the, the scope of this vulnerability. So uh, as a precaution, we recommend all customers to rotate their keys. And one another thing that to protect your, yourself from future vulnerabilities like this, uh, we strongly recommend enabling firewall rules or uh, Azure AD authentication. Uh, but mainly file rules, vnets, every additional security measure you can apply on your Cosmos DB, apply it. This is like the, the, the most critic, uh, business critical part of your organization. You, you need to treat it this way. So really, really use whatever tools you can to isolate it. Exactly. Nir Ofeld is a senior security researcher at Wiz. He was here to talk to us about Chaos DB, a vulnerability in Cosmos DB, which runs on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform.